Welcome to the Victory Podcast, where God is the greatest power and we shall never be defeated. I am back after taking a month and I made a promise to myself that I would not make these podcasts something that's a chore. And so I I took a little bit of extra time to do this one because I wanted to be in the right frame of mind to be able to do this podcast where it's not a burden or where it's not stressful or, you know, putting any weight on my shoulders. And I'm in a better headspace today to be able to do this podcast. And, you know, it's something to be said about being in the right headspace and this particular piece of armor that I'm going to be talking about today, which is the helmet of salvation. We always want to be in the right frame of mind um, every day. This is why Paul encouraged us to put on the helmet of salvation. So what is the helmet? What is a helmet and what is its functionalities? Why is it likened to salvation? Well, We'll get into all of that in this podcast. So sit back and relax, grab some snacks, and enjoy the podcast. Ephesians six seventeen, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Helmet of salvation. The word helmet comes from the word helm, which is an old English word for a protective head covering. Helmets are used for recreational activities such as sports and rock climbing, as well as they're used in dangerous work activities such as construction and military aviation. Now, one of the most profound and special features of a helmet is that they protect the head from injury. However, they do not restrict your vision. It doesn't matter how you turn your head. It doesn't matter if you're walking forward or backwards. It doesn't matter what um, activity you're doing. Um, Your head will always be protected, but your vision will never be restricted. From this, we can gather that uh, God wants us to always see where we're going. He wants our vision to be unhindered and unrestricted. You know, the Bible says that we are to write the vision and to make it plain. So they that read it can run with it or go and accomplish that vision. When we're talking about the helmet of salvation, God had a vision for us as people. He had a vision for mankind, for those that he called out for his sacred use. And that vision is to further his gospel, to advance his kingdom, to make sure that people know who Jesus is, why they need to be saved, 
and to come to him and give their life over to him. So when we're talking about the helmet of salvation, you know, uh, salvation does protect our head or our minds. You know, it, it, it really puts an emphasis on how important it is to protect your mind. The Bible says to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Bible also says that we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when we're talking about the helmet of salvation, we have to understand that we have to protect our mind and make sure that our vision is not restricted. Salvation. The word salvation is derived from the Greek word soterion, which means defender or defense. When something comes up against you or is about to hit you, but you're shielded by something between you and that other object or person, we typically say that the object that shielded you, quote unquote, saved you. So when we're talking about salvation, The implication from the definition points to the one who embodies this salvation or through whom God is about to achieve it. We aren't just saved from nothing and by nothing. We're saved from sin by Jesus Christ. Jesus was the tool used to go between us and sin in order for us to be saved. You know, in in the book, of Isaiah, it says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. In that example of the scripture, we see where Jesus is, in essence, standing in the gap between us and our transgressions and our iniquities, our peace and you know, our, our sickness. Jesus was the helmet that stood between us and our sin. He saved us from sin. When we read in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Again, we see here where God gave his son to stand in the middle between us and sin so that we could be saved from it. He took the, the, the battering and the bruising and he was broken and bloodied and hung up on the cross for sins that we committed. When we repent of our sins, like the Bible says, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because of Jesus' blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. 
Jesus was the helmet that stood that that stays between us and sin. So like I said before, we aren't just saved from nothing and by nothing. We are saved from sin by Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the tool used to go between us and sin in order for us to be saved from sin. I don't want it to be lost that salvation is likened unto a helmet. And the helmet, of course, protects the head. And what becomes synonymous with the head and protecting the head is protecting your mind and your thoughts. And me personally, I've spent a lot of time in my life um, worrying about um, who I'm going to disappoint, fearing about uh, what people think about me, um, how am I going to get this or go there, um, wondering if I'm going to be able to accomplish this or that. And I want to let you know that salvation plays a huge part in protecting your mind from evil thoughts, evil and discouraging thoughts. Um, yes, like I've said, I've spent a lot of time in my life um, sitting in doubt and fear and worry, anxiety. And even on this side of salvation, you know, those things still try to creep up on me. But I am in Christ, which means that since I am saved, God has given me the tools to combat these things. Now, you cannot stop doubt from coming and you can't stop fear, worry or anxiety from coming. But in Christ, you have tools to fight those things off. Hence why we have the armor of God. Just looking into, you know, these things, the opposite of doubt is confidence. And, you know, once you're in Christ, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it, but you just get this 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 boldness to to face the things that you've been been afraid to face before. Um, you get this this confidence that, you know, that, you know, with what even though. With you, it may be impossible. With God, all things are possible. And that's where your confidence lies. Your confidence lies not in man, but in Christ. Because in God, all things, in Christ, all things are possible to those who believe. The opposite of fear is love. And, you know, you would think that <laughs> the opposite of fear is faith, but it's actually love. And, and we, we see in the Bible where, where the scripture says that perfect love 
casts out all fear. You know, there's been times in my life where I've been afraid to uh, approach um, people because of fear of what they may say or do. But the thing is, if they, that person really loves you, they won't shun you. They won't um, run off. They won't abandon you. They won't leave you. What they will do is embrace you. And what I've found, especially through marriage, is that I don't have to fear um, what may come with my wife because she has shown me that she loves me and that perfect love was able to cast out the fear of me approaching her with something. Now, worry, the opposite of worry is comfort. When we're in Christ, we also receive a comforter in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus uh, ascended up into heaven, he said he would send a comforter to us. And that comforter, the Holy Spirit, came and dwelled inside of the believers. So when we worry, when I worry, I remind myself that God sent me a comforter in the Holy Spirit. I don't have to worry about where food is coming from. I don't have to worry about how bills are going to be paid um, because I have a, a comforter in the Holy Spirit who reminds me that I serve a God who will not fail me or forsake me. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I don't have to worry about anything. And lastly, with anxiety, the opposite of anxiety is courage. Now, anxiety really is a type of fear. And you combat anxiety with courage. And the only way to build courage is to walk right up in the face of that thing that you're afraid of. And to do it anyway, I'm reminded of a time <laughs> where um, I was about to actually this job that I have now, I was about to go into this interview and I was I was a little bit anxious about it. You know, I knew I had the tools and the training to do this job, but I I didn't really have the, the courage um, to to know that I would definitely be able to do this job, if that makes sense. Um, and with anxiety, doubt, fear, worry, all those other things piggyback onto anxiety. And I don't know, have you ever been in a situation where you talked yourself out of doing something that was absolutely good for you? That is anxiety speaking. And so for me, um, when I'm put on the spot 
I get really anxious. I don't like speaking in in public. Go figure. I'm a preacher. (laughs) I, I don't like being in the spotlight. Go figure. I'm always ending up in leadership positions. But I'm reminded of the book of Joshua when God told him to be courageous as he led the people of God into uh, these different conquests to obtain the promised land. He walked up in there and the po- he let the power of God rest and reside in him. And he didn't fear what the opposition looked like. He didn't fear what the opposition sounded like, what weapons they had, how long they were there, how how long they had been there. He just went in and did what God had commanded him to do. It was the same way with me and this job interview. I was super anxious and nervous and the fact of the matter is when I submitted my application for this job, I had I prayed and I asked God, I told God, God, this is in your hands. And I completely forgot about this, this job that I had applied for. However, a month and a half later, I get an email saying I have a job interview. <laughs> and so I come in. Uh, it was a panel interview. I did the interview. I felt good about it. And I left and I said, God, this is in your hands. A couple of weeks later, I get another email saying that I was three out of 120 people that were chosen to do a second interview. And so uh, once again, my my anxiety started to, to flare up. go figure it wasn't confidence it was anxiety Um, and so I came into this interview I I I prayed before I got here I said God this is in your hands I did the interview I left and I said God this is in your hands a week later the woman who is now my boss calls me on my now former job and says, would you like to work for me? I said, yes, ma'am, I would. <laughs> and so even in the face of the unknown with the anxiety that was raging, I put my, my trust and my confidence in God. He brought the comfort and it gave me courage to go through with this life-changing interview and I obtained this life-changing job that would that brought me closer to my family it, it brought me more money better benefits um, I, I'm closer to home my job is five minutes away from from my house and it, it really created an opportunity for growth for me professionally and so the helmet of salvation, gives you the tools to combat the evil thoughts that try to to creep up in your life. So I want to encourage you, if you don't know Christ, get to know him. 
because he has everything you need to combat those those thoughts that are going on your in your head of doubt and fear and worry of anxiety the things you can't do the things that you can't say the places that you can't go um where you know that God has a plan for you, but you're too nervous to step out there, Jesus will give you the tools that you need to combat those thoughts. And so I want to leave you with that today. short story is called The Elephant Rope. When walking through an elephant camp, a man noticed that the elephants were only secured with a small rope that was tied around one ankle. He wondered why the elephants didn't break free from the rope, as the elephants were certainly strong enough to do so. He asked a trainer why the elephants didn't try to break free, and the trainer responded by saying that they used the same size rope for baby elephants all the way up to adulthood. Because they're too small when they're babies to break free from the rope, they grow up being conditioned that the rope is stronger than they are. As adults, they think the rope can still hold them, so they don't try to fight it. The moral, the elephants in this case are experiencing learned helplessness. This phenomenon occurs when someone has been conditioned to anticipate discomfort in some way without having a way to avoid it or make it stop. After enough conditioning, the person will stop any attempts to avoid the pain, even if they see an opportunity to escape. If you go through life thinking that you can't do something just because you have failed at doing it in the past, you're living with a fixed mindset. You have to let go of your limiting beliefs in order to make the breakthroughs that are required for your ultimate success. Don't let other people tell you that you can't do something and don't hold on to the assumption that you can't grow and learn from past failures. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Remember, it is essential that you put on the helmet of salvation. Protect your head. Protect your mind. Protect your thoughts. Remember, in Christ, your mind is renewed. And Jesus will give you all the tools that you need to combat those uh, inappropriate, destructive, and evil thoughts that fly through your head. God wants you to have a sound mind and that can only be obtained through Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, as the Bible says. So until next time, God bless you. Have a great day.